I hope you have your Bibles with you. We're going to look at John chapter 14 this morning. I hope you'll uh, take your Bibles and open them up right now to John chapter 14. And uh, while you're doing that, you're probably noticing I have a couple of boxes up here. I showed this to Pastor Joseph this morning. I was trying to figure out um, the, the letters to pick, and I thought I'd pick some good letters. And he says, oh, great. Are you going to be pre preaching on chromosomes this morning? I said, yeah. no. Man, I picked the wrong letters. And then someone else says, oh, there's some sort of like computer digital thing because the X's and the Y's, I guess it's something to do with computers and stuff. I said, no. I knew I should have picked A and B, but that's all right. These have nothing to do with chromosomes, has nothing to do with computers. These are two different options, two different choices, two different products that we have this morning. And I want to, um, I'm going to title the message this morning, which product would you choose. So as you see here this morning, we have two different products. And in case you're wondering what's in these, um, there's Cheez-Its, okay? There's just Cheez-Its, but they're really not Cheez-Its. I want you to just pay attention to the outside of the box. We have product X and we have product Y this morning. Now, both of these products promise identical results. One does what it promises and then some. But the other does just the opposite of what it promises, and then some. One completely satisfies, and the other completely disappoints. One is free, and by the way, on top of that, the price has already been paid. And the other will cost you more than you can ever, ever afford. So which product would you choose? X or Y? Which of these two would you choose that I just described? In John 14, and in fact, John 14, 15, and 16, and 17, those four chapters, we are reading some words that Jesus shared with his disciples at the Last Supper. If you'll turn to John chapter 14, you'll see in the context of this, in the bigger picture, Jesus had just finished having the Last Supper as we just actually commemorated that this morning with the communion that we just received that Brother Don led us in. On that last supper that Jesus led his disciples, at the end of it, we see documented in John chapter 14 and beyond some words that Jesus shared. It was almost like the last supper and the last sermon that he shared. But he shared it with the disciples and it was being documented and written down for us to be able to not only enjoy, but to be encouraged with here this morning. And I want to encourage you with some things um, this morning. I'm not going to go through all four chapters because I want to pull out three things. There's a lot to it. And I would encourage you, in fact, to read it in your, in your devotional time sometime this week and the next several weeks. Just put in your notes. I'm going to read John, study John chapter 14, 15, 16, and 17. I'm just going to really let it get in my spirit. These last words right before the crucifixion of Jesus Christ spoken to his disciples and therefore spoken to us. So as I said, much was said in these four chapters, but in light of today being Pentecost Sunday, did you know that today is Pentecost Sunday? As we celebrate Pentecost. As we celebrate, we celebrate at Christmas time what? The birth of Jesus, right? What do we celebrate on Pentecost? What? The birth of the church, right? Today is the birth of the church. We can almost sing happy birthday to church. 
Happy birthday to the bride of Christ. Happy birthday, dear bride of Christ. Happy birthday to you because it's the birth of where we are today and who we are today and why we're even gathered here today. And not just us here at Faith Assembly, but throughout the world today, there's the body of Christ gathering under trees and in buildings and in huts and in homes and in fields and all kinds of places. And they're celebrating Jesus. They're worshiping Jesus. They're honoring Him. They're, they're celebrating His resurrection. They're celebrating that He's alive. They're, they're being equipped. They're, they're being instructed. They're being encouraged. They're being renewed just like we are here today. And I want you to be all of those things before you leave here today. As Richard said a moment ago, I'm expecting the same thing. I'm expecting God to show up and to do what He wants to do here today. But it takes two things to happen. First, He shows up. Check. Secondly, we open up our hearts to receive. That's up to you. So I hope that you have your heart open today. And that you're awake and alert and that you don't doze off and that you don't get distracted. That you lay your phone aside. That you lay the other stuff aside. That you lay the cares of what you brought in here aside. In fact, lay them at His feet. It's a burden that you're not meant to carry. And that you focus on what the Lord has for you today. That you open up your heart to receive not only a word that's going to change your life forever, but that's going to equip you, encourage you, instruct you, help you, empower you to be what God has called you to be this week in this community, in your world. You ready for that? Are you ready for that? So I want to pull out three things here today that has to do with these products that we're looking at here this morning. The first one that, that is promised by the world and by Jesus is peace. Jesus said in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. This is to the disciples, therefore this is to us. My peace I give to you. Now this is what he says here, listen to this, he says, not as the world gives do I give you. So what he's saying there is there's, there's my kind of peace and then there's the world's kind of peace. You getting that? So I'm leaving you my peace. Not the kind of peace that the world has to give, but the kind of peace that I have to give. Then he says, Something very familiar to us. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. How many knows that we need that sort of peace here today, right? You know, there's apparently two different kinds of peace that we can choose from in our life. On a daily basis, sometimes on a moment-by-moment basis, there's two kinds of pieces, peace rather, that we can choose from. There's, there's the peace that... There's the peace that that Jesus gives and that is the peace that the world gives. So, let's look at what the kind of peace that the world has to give for a second. You know, no matter where you turn in our life, in your life, there's brokenness everywhere, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Kelly and I were at a place the other day um, on our vacation and it had a, a, a pool and we were just there floating around, just enjoying the day. And there just happened to be conversations going on all around us. And you can't get away from it. And you, you, the, you, know, you would call it eavesdropping. Okay, we were eavesdropping, but it wasn't like we were leaning in. They were just talking loudly. So you couldn't get away from it. There's a difference between eavesdropping and turning to someone and saying, Would you please keep it down so we don't hear it? 
It was the second one. They were just talking loud for the world to hear. And everywhere we went in that pool, there was a conversation going on. And we, as we got away from one, we get to another. And every conversation had something to do with a problem that they had with a person or a situation. They were just complaining. They were talking ugly. They were talking, they were, they were talking bad. It was just, it was just problems. And, and, and we were just kind of floating around with one another saying, man, everybody's got a problem, doesn't it? Everybody's just, everybody's broken. And even look this past week at... Um, the Queen of England celebrating 70 years, wow, on the throne. I mean, she's 96 years old. She just will not die. I'm sure that's what Prince Charles is saying, right? Will she ever die, you know? Um, but I didn't catch a lot of it because I really don't care too much about all that drama. You know, good for her, 70 years, God bless them, you know. But still, what I did catch a little bit of was that Prince, help me out. Who are the two sons? William and... See, you guys know this, don't you? William and Harry. We know these guys. And you know the fallout that they had because Harry took off with, the, with his wife and now he's an American. Whatever drama's going on there. Well, they show up for this 70-year thing. And the big news that they kept talking about, it wasn't you know, all the stuff going on in the world. The big headline was, is Harry getting along with William? And the answer is no. They got family problems there. All the money in the world, all the power in the world, all the fame in the world, all the trading in the world, all the influence in the world, everything that you would ever possibly need at your disposal. And what happens? They're still not getting along. People still aren't getting along. There's, why? It's because there's brokenness in the world today. No matter where you turn, humanity is broken. Sin has broken us. We're separated. We're stressed. We're angry. We're despondent. We're fearful. We're greedy. We're perverted. We're a hateful lot. We're broken. Satan has wreaked havoc on God's highest and infinitely loved creation. Amen? He's targeting the ones that he sent his son to die for. You see, the world tries to offer peace. What's the kind of peace that the world offers? Well, it medicates us through drugs and alcohol. I just heard, I just read a, 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 a newsletter that we got from Teen Challenge uh, this week. And um, this drug called fentanyl that's coming, just washing over the borders, along with everything and everybody else. Open borders, and here comes the drugs with them. And fentanyl... We know what that does. There's people in this church who's experienced it through family members. Fentanyl, if you take it one time, it'll addict you. It, you're just hooked. And it'll kill you. In fact, there's a kind now that'll just kill you right away. You can't get over it. You can't get... It, you have to live... It's in your system for like from then on. And you know, some of you are shaking your heads. You know what I'm talking about. But the, the world gives you drugs. The world gives you... He, the world tries to medicate with alcohol and drugs to say, well, there's a kind of peace. It's a false peace. It's a temporary peace. And, and you need more of that sort of chemical to put in your system so that you can stay medicated and stay at peace. But really all you're doing is you're just cloaking and, and, and diminishing what's really going on inside and replacing it with something that is false and temporary and is really not doing you any good. It's not a permanent peace. It's not a, it's not a 
it's not a helpful thing at all. It's actually going to destroy you. It's going to addict you. The world offers kinds of peace as well in, in various forms of relationships in front of us. If I can just be happy in my marriage, but if I can't be happy in that marriage with my wife, then I'll be happy with this person that I can have an affair with. Or if I can't be happy with my sexuality, then I'm going to be have to be happy being another sort of sexuality. If I can't be happy in this sort of relationship that I have in my workplace and with these friends, then I'm going to hang out with the people that maybe are over here and do it this way. And we're always searching for relationships. We're always trying to figure out how to be happy. And the world just gives you a multitude of opportunities and, and, and options. Well, if that doesn't work, try this. And if that doesn't work, try this. And none of it works. None of it satisfies. None of it is a lasting peace. Because there's a place inside of us that's just nagging and hungering and longing for that peace that the world can't fill with relationships. The world offers us different sorts of uh, peace by polishing up shiny new playthings for us to enjoy. Dangles in front of us things that we think will bring us peace. A nice home, a nice car, nice stuff in the house, uh, fun toys to play with, uh, pretty clothes, etc., etc., etc. And there's nothing wrong with any of that stuff, honestly. I mean, we need to enjoy life, I get it. But if you're looking for peace in those things, they will not satisfy. The world has plenty to offer, but if you've noticed, none of those things will satisfy. They'll medicate you, they'll temporarily give you a little high, they'll temporarily make you feel good, but ultimately, when the high fades and when the newness wears off, you're right back to where you were, no peace. They will never satisfy, but I got somebody that will satisfy. I got a product today that will satisfy you, will bring perfect peace to you. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Jesus offers us not just any sort of peace, but He offers us perfect peace. Can you say that with me? Perfect peace. Oh, I'm so thankful for His peace, and I'm thankful that it's not just a broken sort of peace or a temporary sort of peace or just an uh, occasional peace. It's a perfect peace. It's a peace that will never disappoint. It's a peace that will never diminish. It's a peace that will never rust. It's a peace that will never fade or wither. It's a peace that will never leave us. It's a perfect peace. It's a peace that has no flaws. It's a peace that has no weak spots. It's the opposite in every possible way of what the world offers. I love how Jesus offers us something genuine and real. And he tells his disciples back in the text again that we just read in John 14, 27. He says, or, he says peace I leave with you. Peace I leave with you. So, so Jesus was getting ready to go back to heaven. Just the next day, he was going to be crucified and go to heaven. But he leaves us his peace that, is, that he's brought 
think about this. There's this peace. He says, I'm going to leave you this peace. Just so can imagine, like, he brought this peace from heaven. He hung out for the earth, on the earth for 33 years with that peace. And the people that were with him and surrounded him and, and experienced him experienced that perfect peace. And he says, you know what? This is working out so good. I'm going to leave this peace with you. <laughs> I intended to do this all along. I'm going to go away, but I'm going to leave you my peace. My perfect peace. My flawless peace. My peace that will never run out. Imagine what sort of peace is going on in heaven right now. Imagine the peace that Jesus brought with him from heaven when he came to live on this earth. That peace. Imagine the kind of peace that is there in heaven right now. Okay? It's a perfect peace. It's a wonderful peace. It's a refreshing peace. It's a limitless peace. It's that peace that he has left with you and me for us to rest in, for us to hide under, for us to live in and invite to saturate our minds and our emotions and our spirits until he returns. I don't know about you, but I want that sort of peace. I need that sort of peace in my life with all that's going on in the world today, folks. It feels like everything is turned upside down, right? And it's being shaken. And doesn't it say in the last days that everything that can be shaken will be shaken? And it's like, his, it's like he's just taking everything and just shaking it. And I want him to shake me, yeah. Because I want all that stuff to fall out of me that doesn't belong. But I sure need that peace inside of me while he's doing it. I need to live in that peace. I, I need to dwell in that peace. Are you hungry for that sort of peace this morning? You see, it's a choice that we make. We can choose the kind of peace that the world has to offer, but it will not satisfy. Or we can choose the peace that Jesus has left with us that we can tap into and live in and live under and be restored and refreshed and renewed on a daily basis and sometimes on a minute-by-minute -minute basis. How about you? Which product will you choose this morning? The peace of the world? Or the peace that Jesus has left with you to tap into. I want to pray with you right now. And I want to pray for this peace. If you want that sort of peace, the peace that Jesus offers, if you come in here with turmoil, if you come in here saying, Pastor, yeah, I actually rely on alcohol more than I need to. I need to stop drinking. I'm hooked on some medication that I need to get off of. I'm grabbing hold of relationships. I'm tempted to have an affair, and I don't need to be doing that. I'm dabbling in homosexual things, and that's not good either. I, 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 I'm trying to buy my way out of this and satisfy. If that's you this morning, if you, if you are leaning into that, if you're practicing that, if you're thinking that's going to satisfy you, let the Lord rescue you today. Wake up! And let this peace of God Rule your heart and your mind. And shun the things of this world. Shun the things that this world has to offer that are not going to satisfy. They're not going to last. And grab hold of the peace that Jesus has for you. You want that? Lord, I pray right now for those that are dabbling in the things that the world has to offer. 
that are trying to bring them peace, to bring them wholeness, to bring them satisfaction, to, to, to fill that place in their, in, their, in their beings that only you can fill. Lord, I pray that right now that you'd release the strongholds of, of alcohol and drugs and perversion of relationships, whether it be homosexuality or adultery or, or pornography or anything like that. I come against those things in the name of Jesus, in the powerful, mighty name of Jesus. I speak the name of Jesus. Strongholds being released and be removed from our lives in Jesus' name. If that's you this morning and you've got that stronghold in your life, cry out to the Lord right now. Receive the freedom that He has for you. Lord, those things that we're pursuing that are, that are not satisfying us, whether they be relationships, whether they be chemicals, whether they be products, whatever it is out there, Father, forgive us. We thank you for forgiving us right now, washing us clean, and releasing us from the strongholds that have guided and steered our lives for far too long. Lord, forgive us for consuming things that this world has to offer that are not going to bring us the peace that we need. Lord, we invite your peace now. Your perfect peace. Lord, I pray that it would just pour over each one of us in this place like a warm oil. Holy Spirit, right now, like a warm oil. Pour your peace. Saturate us. Permeate us. Cover us completely. Let that oil get into the pores of our beings and seep in and get down to the bone, to the marrow, to who we are. Get into our minds, into our spirits, into our emotions, into the, everything about our beings. We invite you peace of Christ, perfect peace of Christ. We tap into that peace of Christ. We invite you peace of Christ to come right now and envelop us. Lord, in the world today, there's much to be fearful of. There's much to be concerned about. There's much anxiety. There's much fear. There's much struggle. There's much turmoil. There's much uncertainty. But Lord, we can be sure in you. Give us your peace that you've left for us. You left it. You said, I'm leaving it here. But Lord, help us to pick it up, to plug into it, to tap into it, to live under it, to live in it every day. Lord, when turmoil, when temptation, when the world offers us stuff that says, how about this? Lord, let that be a prompt to tap into your peace. And to say, no, no, I'm going to let Jesus be my portion. I'm going to let his perfect peace rule my heart, rule my mind. Lord, that's what we desire. That's what we ask. Please remind us of this Holy Spirit. When we face these things that the world has to offer that tries to bring us peace. When we're faced with the turmoils of our life and the brokenness of humanity. Father, let that be a prompt by your spirit to tap into your peace. I pray that over this congregation, over those that are watching here today. And we thank you for this, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Walk that out. Here's the second thing that this two different products here offer. How many is thankful for his peace that passes understanding that we can tap into? Amen. Won't you do that this week? Won't you tap into his peace this week? I can't do it for you. I'm not your peace. 
Your, your spouse is not your peace. Your income is not your peace. The things in your house are not your peace. Jesus is your peace. Let him be your peace. Cry out to him. Let him be your peace. But also let him be your power. Here we are celebrating today. Pentecost. John 14, 16. Jesus says these words. I'm going to pray to the Father. And he's going to give you another helper. Say that word with me. Helper. That he may abide with you how long? Not just in the good times. Not just 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. Forever. Who's that helper? He's the Holy Spirit. He's the Holy Spirit. If you read these chapters, the word helper, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as helper over and over and over again. How many can sure you some help about right now? Four or five of us. The rest of you are doing great. Then why don't you look around and see those that have raised their hands because they need your help. All of us need help at one time or another. You may be doing good today, but tomorrow I'm going to I'm gonna be getting a call from you. I bet you. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus was alone in the wilderness for 40 days, 40 nights. You know the story. And Satan tried to tempt Jesus by offering him power, position, authority, if simply Jesus would worship Satan. Now we know in that story, thank God, that Satan failed and Jesus was victorious. But understand the bookends of this event in these 40 days of Jesus' life. Just before those 40 days, in the preceding chapter in Luke chapter 3, John the Baptist baptized Jesus, and you know the story. The Holy Spirit came like a dove and rested on, on Jesus, above Jesus. And then the Father said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. At that moment, Jesus experienced the, the empowering and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. He had an experience with the Holy Spirit. And in that power, he immediately, if you read chapter 4, was sent to the wilderness for 40 days. Jesus didn't go on his own. He didn't go on his own strength. He went in the power of the Holy Spirit. In the, in the power that the Spirit, that the Father sent for him to not just barely make it, but to be more than an overcomer. To be victorious in those 40 days in that temptation. So the Holy Spirit went with him in the wilderness. And then, at the end of the temptation, if you read Luke 4.14, and it's on the screen, it says, Then Jesus returned from the 40 days in the wilderness in the what? In the power of the Spirit. So the bookends of Jesus' 40 days of temptation in the wilderness where he didn't have anything to eat. So imagine he was weak. He was struggling physically. But he was strong in the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit went with him. Was with him in the wilderness. And Jesus came out of the wilderness in the Spirit in the power of the Spirit. And he went to Galilee and he began his ministry. He began his earthly ministry there. And it says, and the news of him went out through all of the surrounding region. From then on, we can read the rest of the, the life of Jesus. We know it. Miracles. Demons cast out. Bodies healed. 
Pharisees called out and prostitutes saved. I mean, he did what he, he did what he did in the power of the Spirit. This tells us that the Holy Spirit came with him out of the wilderness as well, which means that the Holy Spirit was with Jesus the entire time, empowering him and helping him. The helper, the Holy Spirit is our helper. He says, I'm going to send you that same helper. God's going to send you that same helper that helped me in the wilderness, that helped me in my ministry, that helped me in my journey in the years that I lived on this earth. That same Spirit was with Jesus the entire time, was empowering Him, was helping Him to overcome every temptation that the enemy tried to throw at Him. The Bible says that Jesus was tempted just like we were. He knows what temptation is. He knows what struggle is. He knows what life, daily life, and that constant bombarding is like. And so He says, I'm going to send you my Spirit to empower you, to help you. Now, the world offers a sort of help in this way. Satan will try to, like he did with Jesus, dangle promises of power and prestige and authority in front of us. Whatever that looks like, by the way. It's not like Satan's necessarily going to say, here's the keys to the world, I give them to you, you can be in charge of everybody. That's called the Antichrist. I don't think anybody wants that position. But it could be power and authority and prestige in big and small ways in your life. Maybe you can maneuver a little bit and get a little bit higher up in your company. Or maybe you can tell a little bit of a lie and cheat on your test and get a little bit better grade at school. Or maybe you can steal something from your boss without him knowing it and bring up your bank account a little bit and bezel some stuff. There's all kinds of power and prestige and authority that goes on in big and small ways. You know, it's not just I'm the president of the United States or I'm the president of my company or I'm the governor of South Carolina. It's big and small ways that Satan dangles things in front of us and says, how about this? Nobody's looking. No one will ever know. And look what it will do to make you go from here to boop, here. What the world has to offer, what Satan has to offer, is always tempting because he wants you to compromise your values. He wants you to compromise your beliefs so that you can worship Satan. You realize that when you compromise your values like that, when you tell that little lie to get you ahead, when you cheat on that test, when you steal that little bit of money, when you, when you do that certain thing, do you realize what you're doing? It's that you're actually worshiping Satan. Those are harsh words, aren't they? But it's true. You're actually worshiping the world. You're worshiping the system of the world. You're worshiping what Satan has put in front of you every single time. You're choosing Satan. You're choosing the world over the things of God and His heavenly kingdom. Because you're not walking in holiness and purity and righteousness, but you're walking in sin and compromise and filthiness. If you choose that, you may succeed for a while. Things may go well for a while. But I'm here to tell you this morning that it's a trap. Because you'll eventually become enslaved to that that you sell your soul to. One little white lie. One little cheating of a test. 
one little theft of something and it, be, it, it creates a foothold, a little toehold, and it will grow inside of you. And that that you think you have control over will ultimately and eventually have control over you. That's what the world has to offer. That's the kind of power that the world has to offer. It's, it's, it, there's a price to pay for it. Now, the kind of power that Jesus offers is different. Jesus, he had just experienced in his wilderness, the Holy Spirit helped give him uh, the power and the position and the authority through the Spirit that he needed. And he overcame that temporary thing that Satan offered him for that that was eternal. How many knows that Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords today? He's the ruler of everything seen and unseen today. How many knows that? Don't you think that he made a good deal? Right? He didn't trade the temporary and the momentary for the eternal. Because he saw the big picture. And he's our example today. I'm not going to trade, and I hope you won't either, the temporary satisfaction of a little bit of power and a little bit of prestige and a little bit of authority just so that I can have a little momentary thrill and look good in front of everybody for a while. No, I'm not going to trade that off. I'm not going to trade off what Jesus has for me because one day I'm going to reign and rule with Him for all of eternity and so will you. <clears throat> if I shun the things of this world, if I reject the things that Satan is dangling in front of me and I choose to embrace the things that Jesus has for me, He's given us the Holy Spirit in our times of temptation and struggle to help us overcome. And it's not a trap. The Holy Spirit is not here to enslave us. But instead, He's, help, he's here to help us walk in freedom. John 8.36 says, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. If you have Jesus in your heart, if you have invited Him to be your Lord and your Savior, if you're walking in relationship with Him, folks, you're free. If Jesus has made you free today, then be free. Don't go back and walk in bondage. Proverbs says, uh, there's a dog that, that will go back and get to his vomit. It's pretty nasty. You ever seen a dog? He'll eat it. Nasty. We think, man, that's awful. Why did dogs do that? But folks, we do that. We do. We get free from our sin. Jesus has released us. Man, we are walking in freedom and victory and liberty in him. But it's, oh man, I'm going to go right back and eat that junk again. And we might as well be a dog that goes back to his vomit and eats it. Because that's what we do time and time again. Because the temptation of what Satan has to offer is greater than. It overcomes us. But the Holy Spirit is the power that helps us to overcome those temptations. And unless we're spirit-filled, and unless we're spirit-empowered, and unless we're spirit-led, and unless we, the Holy Spirit, we yield to the Holy Spirit and let Him do in us and through us, how what he wants to do, we're going to go back and eat our vomit again, time and time and time again. I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit is our helper. He helps us to overcome. He helps us 
by showing us the way of escape. He helps us by keeping us on the straight and narrow. He helps keep our eyes fixed on the author and the finisher of our faith. He helps us. He's our helper today. Let him help you. I'm preaching better than your amen to me this morning. Jesus has not only left us his perfect peace, but he sent us his helper to help us to overcome. And his power is greater than any other because it's the power of Christ who has overcome the world. Amen? In fact, as Jesus was finishing his encouragement to the disciples around the Last Supper, he said these words found in John 16, 33. He says, these things have I spoken to you that in me, in me, you may have peace. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. You can fill it in with temptation, struggles, all those sort of things. You're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. What is it that he proclaims? I have overcome the world. If we're in Christ, we are more than overcomers through Christ Jesus. He says, I have overcome the world, not I will overcome the world one day. He says, I have overcome the world. Let me tell you this morning, Jesus has already overcome the world. He's already overcome your temptation. Hear me. He's already overcome your struggle and your trial. He's already been there. He's already won it. It's time for us then at that point while we're in it to say, Lord, I'm tapping into your victory because I'm going to fall flat. I'm going to eat my vomit again. I can't do this. So I'm going to tap into your victory that has already been accomplished in my life in this situation, in this trial, in this temptation. I'm going to rely on your power to see me through. Amen? Today, he's inviting us to walk in his victory. Today, he's inviting us to walk in his finished work. What did he say on the cross the last three words before he passed? It is finished. Say that with me. It is finished. Finished. You know what that means? That means your victory has already been won as the helper, the Holy Spirit, helps us to overcome through His power, through His authority, and through His might. So I ask you this morning, what tribulation are you experiencing? What temptation are you struggling to overcome? What do you feel trapped and enslaved by? I want to pray over you this morning as we continue with our message I got one more point after this, but I feel strongly that at the end of each of these things that we look at of this product that God has to offer and that the world has to offer, that we pray over these things so that we don't forget them. So I want to invite you to invite the Helper, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ to step in right now and to help you, to rescue you, to empower you, to overcome through Jesus Christ. Do you need that? Do you want that? Let me pray over you right now. Would you bow your heads, lift up your hands, whatever you got to do to receive it. Holy Spirit, we need your power. We need your anointing. We need the helper to come and help us today. We receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit right now. Oh God, won't you fill each one in the sound of my voice 
with the power of your Holy Spirit, just like you did in Acts chapter 2 when they were gathered in one accord and they were obedient to you to wait that the, the, for the helper to be sent. Lord, you came like a mighty rushing wind and you filled that house and tongues of fire were on each one and you filled up, you, you swept through it like a, like, a, like a mighty rushing wind. Lord, do the same right now in this place. Fill us, Holy Spirit. Empower us to be overcomers that we would resist temptation, that we we would tap in to your victory that's already been accomplished in our lives. We receive you, Holy Spirit. We receive you right now. Fill us right now. Holy Spirit, step in. Help us. Rescue us. Empower us to be more than overcomers through Christ Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We need that power. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need you, Holy Spirit. We can't do this on our own. We won't do this on our own. We're not going to go back to our vomit and eat it. We need you, Jesus, to help us to experience that new thing from this time on. Lord, let that new thing spring forth in our life that we would, that we would realize from this moment on that we don't have to tap into the things that the world has to offer. That power grab that is much too high of a price to pay. Lord, we choose your power by your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill us right now. Take our minds, take our hearts, take our emotions, take our hands, take our feet, take our bodies, take our possessions, take our past, our present, our future, take our relationships, take our abilities, take our fears, take our concerns, take our joys, take everything about us. We give them to you. Here's the reins of our life. Here, steer it. From this moment on, Lord God, order our steps by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, let the words that we say be your words. Let our thoughts be your thoughts. We give you the, the rudder of our tongue. We give you our minds, Lord God, so that the thoughts that we think are holy and pure and righteous and honoring you. Lord, we give you everything about us that it might glorify Christ. Holy Spirit, Come and empower us. Come and take charge. Take over. May we walk in that authority, in that victory, in that confidence, in that power. Oh, helper, Holy Spirit, we need your help. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, come and help us. We need your help. We can't do this on our own. We've proven to ourselves we fall flat every single time. We fail on our own. We need you, helper. Holy Spirit, come and help us. Jesus, we thank you that you promised to send it. You did send it in Acts chapter 2. He is available to us today and every moment of every day. Father, I pray that we would walk from this place in the power of your spirit and walk throughout our days in the power of your spirit when temptations when struggles when situations come our way lord may we do as jesus did and overcome by the power of the holy spirit and that we would exercise the muscles that we need to exercise that are holy and righteous and pure and honoring you from this day on hallelujah Hallelujah. Wake up. Wake us up, church. Wake us up, Lord Jesus. Let the church be awakened.
to the time that we're in and to the responsibility that we have and that we must walk in your power and authority, Holy Spirit, in order for us to do what you've called us to do right here in this community, in our world. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Let's give God praise this morning. So he's not only given us his peace, and he's not only given us his power, but he's also given us a path. I was just reading this the other day, just uh, in John, and this just stuck out to me. He says, peace I leave you. I've read that, how many times have I read that in my life? But when I read that, I said, Lord, that's, there's something there. It's coming up on Pentecost Sunday. What does this look like? And he just began to show me some stuff. There's a lot more stuff that he said. And I know these all start with P. He's given us a path. He's given us a path. Jesus has left us his peace. We need to tap into that peace every day. Jesus has given us his helper, his Holy Spirit. And we need that help more and more to overcome these things through Christ Jesus. But I'm also thankful that he's pointed us down a path that's lead us, that leads us to life eternal with him in heaven. Oh, even so, come Lord Jesus. He says this in John 14, 6. Jesus said, we all know this one, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. You've heard that scripture before, haven't you? Did you know that was part of his message to the disciples and therefore to us right after his last supper? One of the disciples says, well, how do we know the way? Jesus says, I'm the way. You've been hanging out with me for several years now. Let me just make it very clear. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. What does the world have to offer? Well, the world offers a path that leads to eternal destruction. Jesus said these words in Matthew 7, 13. Wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to what? Destruction. And there are many who go in by it. See, there's a myriad of uh, paths Satan offers to mankind to travel. He doesn't care which path you choose. He care less. He's just as happy as one over the other and whatever you choose. And he provides a brochure, by the way, up front of the supposedly wonderful things that you're going to experience as you journey on this particular path that you choose. But if you read the fine print at the bottom of the brochure, the very, very back, you need a microscope to see it because he's not going to make it obvious to you. You're going to see that the price that you pay is more than you can bear. It'll cost you your reputation. It'll cost you your health. It'll cost you your peace of mind. It'll cost you your money. It'll cost you broken relationships. It'll cost you and cost you and cost you and cost you. It will cost you more than you want to pay. And it will take you further than you ever want to go. One of the conversations that I heard, in fact, kind of engaged with this week with a lady. Well, Kelly and I were floating around in the pool. She was talking about some brokenness in her life and she's got a grown son, about 20 years old, 19 years old. And she said, I'm just having a hard time with him because he keeps stealing stuff and he keeps, you know, going to jail and stuff like that. And, and he just, he, he keeps calling me and says, mom, I just need another 20 bucks. If I can just have another 20 bucks, I'll be all right. 
And I was able to just say, it's never going to be enough. He's never going to stop. If you keep giving the 20 bucks, he's going to come back. It's not going to be just another 20. It's going to be just another 20 and then just another 20 and then just another 20. And just like a good-for-nothing person who keeps asking for just another $20 to get him through another crisis, the insatiable hunger of the path that you choose will never let up in its demand to steal from you and to kill you and to destroy you. It's a wide path that the end result will lead to destruction. Satan's ultimate goal for your life, the ultimate destination of this path that he points you to and provides the brochure to show you how good it's going to be, his ultimate goal is eternal destruction for your life. It's an eternal separation from God. It's a path that at the end of the path is a cliff that requires you to fall down into a chasm that you'll never be able to get out from. It's called hell. Satan offers you a momentary thrill that you'll end up paying for for the rest of eternity. Is it worth it? It feels like it is at the time, but in the clarity of where we are right now at this moment, I'm here to tell you, and I think you would agree with me, that sounds so ridiculous that I would choose that. But many people do because the Bible says wide is the path that leads to destruction and many choose it. But in the clarity of this moment, can I encourage you to not choose that path? If you're there, guess what? I got a detour for you. This particular product that you're walking in right now, it's not worth it. It's, this, it's a product that promises much, but in the end it will leave you destitute, it will leave you empty, it will leave you utterly destroyed, but Jesus provides a path that leads to eternal life. Let's finish that thought in Matthew 7:14. He says, why does that path in 7:13? But in 7:14 he says, narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Let me just unpack that for a second. It's a, it's a narrow gate, and it's a treacherous path. It's a difficult path. Think about it. He didn't say, going through that narrow gate, and then it's going to be just a cakewalk from then on. Nice and easy. Shangri-La. Mm -mm. He says, difficult is the way which leads to life. See, our flesh doesn't want that. Our flesh says, man, I want the wide path. I want to do all this stuff that the world has to offer. Go for it. And you're going to fall off a chasm and it's going to end in destruction for your life. That's kind of an easy path because the, 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 the skids are greased. The flow is going that way. Right? You're not going against anything that way. But if you choose the narrow path, it's going to be a difficult path because you're swimming upstream. You're swimming, swimming opposite. You're getting resistance. And so human nature, flesh says, well, why would I want to do that? Because... We're walking in the flesh, aren't we? But if we yield to the Holy Spirit, who's our helper, we say, all right, Holy Spirit, I'm choosing this narrow path. It's a difficult path, but it's a path that leads to eternal life. I want that path. It's hard now, but it's worth it in the end. As opposed to, it's easy now, but I'll pay for it for the rest of eternity in a bad way. I don't know about you, but again, in the sobriety of the moment, how about we choose the narrow path that's a little more difficult that leads to eternal life than choose the wide path that's easy 
and is going with the flow that leads to eternal damnation. Does that make sense to you that we would choose the narrow path in the sobriety and the clarity of where we are right now? I would say 100% of us would say, yeah, that makes sense. But where the rubber meets the road is when we leave this place. And we're faced with the temptations every day. And we try to do it in our own strength and not rely upon the power of the Holy Spirit and not rely upon His peace. And we go into what the world has to offer and we go back to our own vomit because we can't figure out how to overcome this temptation in our lives. And we're grabbing for the things that the world has to offer because that's the easy thing that Satan dangles in front of us. But Jesus says, if you'll choose the narrow path, the narrow door, the narrow way, it's a difficult path, but it's a path that leads to eternal life. And I'm here to help you. I'm here to give you my Holy Spirit to help you. I'm here to give you my peace that will help you. God, help us to understand this this morning. Holy Spirit, awaken us this morning to hear this word. I know it's easier to give into the flesh. Jesus said so pretty much in what he's just said. The big old wide path, it's easy. Opportunities there to satisfy our flesh, whatever that may look like in your life. But I encourage you this morning to choose the narrow path, yield to the Holy Spirit, and live according to His Word. I can't do it for you. Your mama can't do it for you. No one can do it for you. You got to do it for yourself. That's why you call it a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not a corporate relationship with Jesus Christ. You're not going to get grandfathered into heaven one day. The rubber meets the road daily in our battle between flesh and spirit. I get that. We all are broken. That's what I said at the beginning. We're all broken. But Jesus in us can help us overcome and walk this narrow way on a daily basis. We're going to mess up. We're going to stumble. It's not going to be perfect. But thank God he's here to forgive us and to pick us up, to dust us off. Say, now how can we learn from that for the future? He's not looking for perfection. He's just looking for a yielded open heart to say, all right, Lord, here I am. Guide me. Help me. Make me more like you. Continue to sanctify me. Make me more like you every day. Amen. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, there's countless ways that Satan offers to, the, the, offers to lead us to this destruction. There's only one way that leads to life. One way. Jesus says, I am the only way. I am the only truth. I am the only life. There's not multiple ways to heaven. There's one way. His name is Jesus. He says, no one comes to God the Father except through me. That's what he said. Which means that before we can walk that narrow, difficult path, we've got to go through that only opening. I want you to consider today that as you're walking down this wide path, that there's this detour, there's this door that's off to the side. Just look off to your left, you'll see it. It's a little narrow door. You see it? It's standing right before you today. You're on a wide path. The, 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 the flow is that way. It's easy. But there's a, there's a little door right here. It's narrow. And on the other side is a difficult path. And Jesus is with you with His Spirit, with His peace. You've got to go through that door. You've got to go through that door. I don't like that door. That sounds too hard. Is there another door? No. It's that door. That's it. Consider today that there's a door to a detour from the wide path that you're walking, and His name is Jesus. And on the other side of that door is a narrow path that leads to life. On, the path that you, on that path, you have peace with Jesus right there with you at all times. It's his perfect peace. It's, it's a peace that's permeating in heaven right now. It's that 
peace. It's that one that's going to rule your thinking and your emotions. If you let it, you got to tap into it, give it permission. Along with that peace comes the helper of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us to overcome. He helps us. He helps keep us on the straight and narrow. He helps us walk in authority and victory. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. His power never diminishes. The Holy Spirit teaches us and he helps us become more like Jesus. And one more thing. I just want to read Luke 4, 14 one more time. Because Jesus said he returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. Remember that? But he also said the news of him went out through all of the surrounding region. What does that mean? That means the good news was spread. That means the gospel was beginning to be proclaimed. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit not only helps us in our time of temptation, but He helps us to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's not lose that. He not only returned in the power of the Spirit, but He returned in the power of the Spirit to proclaim His good news. This tells us that the Holy Spirit helps us to share the good news of Jesus with others. And to be the salt and the light that he's called us to be in this world. In fact, it's the main reason that the Holy Spirit was given. Jesus said these very words in Acts 1.8. We know this scripture well. He says, I want you to stay in Jerusalem until you receive the power. And you're going to receive this power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. And you're going to be my what? Acts 1.8 says you're going to be my witnesses. Acts 1.8 says you're going to be my witnesses. Say that with me. My witnesses. Say it again. My witnesses. Why did he send his Holy Spirit? To be witnesses. That should be up on the screen. Acts 1.8. You're going to be my witnesses. You're going to be my witnesses. You're going to say it again. My witnesses. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. To empower us to what? Yeah. How are we doing with that? How are we doing with that? Oh, I'm a spirit-filled believer, Pastor. I'm a Pentecostal. I go to Silly God Church. Bless God, I've been in church all my life. I speak in tongues. How are you doing in your witnessing? Oh, but I speak in tongues every day. How are you doing in your witnessing? Oh, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe, you know, I get the Holy Ghost goosebumps. How are you doing in your witnessing? When's the last time you led someone to Jesus? When's the last time you planted and watered so that the Holy Spirit could bring the increase? When is the last time you let the Holy Spirit do through you what the Holy Spirit wants to do through you? And that's to be a witness of the good news of Jesus Christ. When's the last time you've given birth to someone in the Spirit? It's time. It's time. The clock is ticking. Jesus is coming back soon. The trumpet is about to sound. Who do you know that needs Jesus? And when, oh when, are you going to tell them about Jesus? When are you going to open your mouth and let the Holy Spirit empower you and give you the words to say? When are you going to do it? When? When? I hope it's now. Today is the day of salvation. Pastor, why are you yelling at me? I'm not. I'm just excited. I'm passionate. I can't do it for you. And we need some fertile spiritual wombs in here, folks. The church of Jesus Christ needs some fertile spiritual wombs. And I can't be concerned about any place anywhere else. But I can equip you here. And if I'm a fertility specialist in the spirit, I am doing what I can to infuse into your system spiritually the ability to give birth. I've tried, Pastor, I just can't give birth. Then be infused with the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
to be witnesses. The Holy Spirit helps us in so many ways. We need all the help we can get, amen? So we have two products here today. We have product, they look identical except for the labels on the outside. They both promise the same things. You got the world and they promise peace. Last. Power, the price to pay. Path, that lead to destruction eventually. We have another product here. Promises peace. And it's a peace that passes all understanding. It's actually, he's followed through. This product is good for its word. It's a perfect peace. It's a wonderful peace. He's left it with us. His power. His power to not only overcome, but to be witnesses. I need to overcome in my life things. How about you? I need to be a better witness. How about you? I certainly need his peace. How about you? I need these things. The world offers that temporarily. Jesus says, I've given you my peace. I've given you my power. And I've given you a path. And that path leads to eternal life. It's a narrow path. It's a difficult path. It really is. It's not easy. Because the world, Jesus says the world hates me. They're going to hate you. And we see that happening, don't we? That's all right. I don't have to answer to them. I have to answer to God. But Jesus, they hated me. So they hated me. But he stayed focused, didn't he, on his father's business. He says, I've got to be about my father's business. I've got, got to do what he's called me to do. In the midst of all the hate, in the midst of all the turmoil, in the midst of all the temptations, Jesus stayed focused and did what God called him to do, right? And that's to die for your sins and mine. So you have these two products here today. They look identical, but they're not. The first makes a lot of promises that in the end it doesn't keep. The second product not only makes promises, but has actually fulfilled all of them. The final one of heaven soon to come. The first product will cost us continually. It takes and it takes and it takes. The second product, the price has already been paid. It gives. And it gives, it gives. And we can be assured that this second product will ultimately fulfill all of its promises of heaven and eternal life with God one day. Because it's proven to be 100% reliable to this point. I don't want that product. I want Jesus. So I'm going to leave you with the most important decision that you'll ever make today. One that will impact your life in every way not only on this earth, but for the rest of eternity. Which product will you choose today? The world? Or Jesus? Would you stand with me this morning? <clears throat> Would you bow your heads? Jesus, it couldn't be more clear today <clears throat> the options that we have. Two very clear options. The things that the world has to offer or the things that you have to offer. The product of the world or your product, you can call it that. <clears throat> and Lord, we see that the world's claims have been debunked, been disproved. They've been exposed as a lie. We also see that your promises 
have been validated this morning and they're dependable we can count on them Jesus today as we've prayed for your peace I pray God that that peace would go with us you didn't just leave it with us here at Faith Assembly in this building but you left it with us to go with us wherever we go so may your peace go with us wherever we go that perfect peace that passes all understanding that would rule our hearts and our minds when we hear of a school shooting when we hear of a war that takes place when we hear price increases when we hear of things that are going on all around us and just the brokenness of our lives in general may your peace saturate us pour over us like a warm oil May we hide in your peace. May we be strengthened by your peace. May we be helped by your peace. Thank you for your power. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're called by Jesus time and time again, our helper. We need your help. We need your help to help us walk according to His work, to God's word. We, we need your help to empower us to be witnesses. We need your help to help us to overcome temptation. We need your help, Spirit of Christ, Holy Spirit of Christ, O oh, great helper, to help us to be the salt and the light that you called us to be, to walk according to God's word, to, to live a life of holiness and purity and righteousness. And Lord, help us by your spirit to choose that narrow path on a daily basis that we won't ever pop out through that door and flip-flop and walk in the world's wide path one day and then walk the narrow the next. No, your word says that we take our hands off the plow and we look back, we're not worthy of your kingdom. So Father, may we make that choice and may it be a choice that we make with all of our heart today to choose the straight and narrow, the difficult path, the narrow path, but you're with us with your peace. You're with us with your Holy Spirit helping us. You're with us every step of the way that path that leads to life with every eye closed and head bowed if today you've never heard a message like this before you've never heard it presented this way before maybe today there's something in your heart that's stirring inside that you're thinking wow this is something there's something here there's something real there's something truthful here and I've been duped I've been fooled by the world and I don't want to be a fool anymore I need Jesus. I, I need to walk through that narrow door that, uh, of who He is and walk that narrow path, that, that difficult path. But I need His peace and I need His Spirit and I need Him. I need Jesus. And I, I choose Jesus today. I, I choose to go against the flow and to go against the grain and to walk that narrow path with Christ. <clears throat> because I want, I, I, want, I, want to, I want to live a life that He has planned for me and I want to experience the joys that he has for me and I want to experience that reward that he has for me in heaven one day I don't care what my friends say I don't care what my friends do <clears throat> I don't care about the pressures of this world and what's being <clears throat> taught in my classrooms or what's being crammed down my throat in the news cycles I don't care what's going on in the world today I want Jesus I choose Jesus today that's what I want more than anything if that's you today I want to invite you to say a prayer with me in just a few moments. Will you simply 
accept, invite Jesus into your heart. Accept Him to be your Lord and Savior. Confess your sins to Him. The Bible says if you confess your sins, He will cleanse your sins. He will cleanse you of all unrighteousness. He'll take all that stuff away. It doesn't matter what you've done. Pastor, I've done a lot of stuff. It's been bad. He's covered it. He can wipe it clean. It doesn't matter what you've done. He's overcome it. His power is greater. He'll forgive you. He'll make you a new creation. And you can walk in His freedom, in His forgiveness, in His authority, in His love, in a beautiful relationship with Him from this day on. Oh, I hope you'll accept that free gift of salvation. The price has already been paid. Choose the product that Jesus offers you this morning. He's simply here saying, I stand at the door and knock, the door of your heart. If you'll open up that door, I will come in to your heart and I will commune with you. I will hang out with you. I will eat with you. I'll have relationship with you. I will never leave you. I'll be there with you, but you've got to open up that door. I can't force my way in. The knob is on the inside. You open it up. The door swings in. He needs to come on in, but you have the control this morning. It's your choice. I hope you choose Jesus. Which product will you choose? Choose Jesus today, won't you? I ask you if that's you today and you need Jesus in your heart, I want you to lift up your hand where I can see it. Say, Jesus, I need, yeah, one, two, three hands. Anybody else want to lift up your hand? Four. Anybody else want Jesus this morning? Five. Yes, I see that hand. Five. You can put them back down after you've raised them. Five people. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Quickly. Anybody else? Anybody else? As Christians, I need you to just pray. That's all you need to do right now. The soul's hanging in the balance. Anybody else? I need Jesus. I need His peace. I need His power. I choose that narrow path. Today is the day. Today is the day of salvation. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. Today is the day. Today is the day. He's knocking on the door of your heart. Won't you open it today? Right now. Right now. Quickly. This opportunity is getting ready to... Yes. This opportunity is getting ready to close. And I'm getting ready to say a prayer. Anybody else lift up your hand and put it right back down after, we, after I acknowledge it. Anybody else lift up your hand. Today is the day. Today's your day. Oh, Jesus. Would you all pray this prayer with me? Say, Jesus, I am a sinner and I need a Savior. I'm broken and I need you to restore me. I give you my brokenness. I give you my sin. I give you all of my stuff. And I lay it at your feet. Please forgive me of all of my sin. Come live in my heart and be the Lord of my life. From this day on, I choose your peace. I choose your power. And I choose your path. I choose you. I thank you, Jesus, that I'm now saved. I'm born again. I'm a new creation. All things have been passed away. And all things have become new in you. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would 
solidify, make real this decision that was made. Come and fill each heart. Solidify this decision. Make real what they decided, Lord God. And Holy Spirit, walk with each of us from this place and help us to all grow in your grace and knowledge. Help us to all, from where we are right now, continue to be sanctified and be made more like you every day. Wherever we are, we always have room to be sanctified, to let go of something. Holy Spirit, won't you do that? Don't just help us to be more like Jesus, but also help us, Lord God. I pray that you would loosen our tongues right now. Open up our hearts filled with compassion. Your compassion. Your love for the lost. Loosen our tongues. Open our eyes. Open our ears to see and hear the need. Help us to see the harvest field. Move us in a direction of the lost that need you. And I pray for fertile spiritual wounds right now to be activated in this place. And may we share Jesus with somebody this week. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you give God praise in this place? <clears throat>